Hey guys, I'm Jess. And I'm Nate. And we are going to tell you all the things you really want to hear for teens. So if there's anything that we haven't talked about yet or questions that you have that you'd like to know about, let us know by emailing us at realadvice4teens at gmail.com. And that's the number four. So once again, realadvice4teens at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe so you can hear our new episodes every week. Okay, well, hey, this is like our... We've done two episodes in a week, like in a row. No way. You know, we Jess, are so good. Jess is actually, you know, letting me do this right now. I'm just kidding. She actually enjoys it. It's just, I do. I think I feel like things have been less crazy for us lately. It's sort of calmed down a little bit. Yeah. And this is episode number 20. And Nate wanted to sing us a celebration song, right? Because Nate loves singing. A celebration song. He's glaring at me. He's giving me a stink eye right now well it's hard to sing songs unless it's original material because then you have copyright infringement issues you could make a song right now nate yeah except for the only musical anything i have is the ability to turn on a radio you you can turn on itunes on your phone yeah but that would again be copyright infringement (laughs) yeah we all did karaoke tonight and we're all having fun and nate sat there with his hood on and AirPods in. I was listening to inspirational talks. He wouldn't even. Because I don't He wouldn't sing. even sing with us. He did dance with I me might though. have. I might have done it if it was just our family. But since other people was there, I wasn't going to do it. Whatever. I don't think you would have done it with just If our it was family. just our family, I might have done it. Okay. Karaoke tomorrow night. If it's just us, I'm okay. Okay, family as time. As long as there are no cameras. <laughs> if there are cameras, I will not do it. Okay. It was fun. Yeah, Nate doesn't sing. At all. All right, we have a couple questions. Yes. First question. Um, how do you ask for extra help in class when the teacher doesn't really want to help you out? It's a good question. Well. I don't know. I, I think of the, I hear this question and I think, does a teacher not really want to help you? Or... Why does the teacher not want to help you? Is it like a relationship you have with the teacher? Is the teacher or, just ornery? Or yeah, there's so many different things. In, in, in reality, I'm going to be honest here. Some teachers just are not good at showing how they feel. Um, and so they come across as like ornery or gruff all the time. Yeah. But in reality, again, I already said that. <laughs> My bad. Um, teachers got into teaching for a reason and at least a minute part of that reason is because they had to have liked kids. If you don't like kids, even a little bit, you're probably not going to be a teacher. It's true. Why would you ever want to teach if you hate children? (laughs) So sounds so terrible. Look, you can take it from me. I've told you guys this. I am an introvert at heart. I was the last person raising my hand or asking questions in any class ever from kindergarten all the way through my master's degree classes. I would not ask questions. I would just sit there and fume if I didn't have the information I needed and be frustrated. And Jess can attest to this. Mm-hmm. And I would make her find the answer for me because I was incapable, but I would not ask. I don't know why, but... 
I just didn't want to feel awkward or waste our time or, and then I would also sit there and say how crappy of a teacher they are because they won't help me. But in reality, I wouldn't ask. It's true. He'd be like, I don't even know how to do this assignment. And I would say, well, have you asked them? And he, of all people, (laughs) he is a teacher. He should know, like, they want you to ask them questions. They want to explain it. I don't want to explain something and kids not even understand and no one say anything. I want them to say something. Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of like this podcast. (laughs) We love you. You know, we love kids. We love you guys. Um, You know, I see kids out and about in my neighborhood or in my community that know me or recognize us or whatever. And they say stuff. But the more questions we get, the better I think the show will go because we can address specific questions or concerns or challenges that you guys are having and I could sit and talk all day long but we want to really get to the root of what your guys's challenges are um so I think in general teachers want questions asked we're telling you that we want questions asked and I guarantee your teacher does too um sometimes you just have to get over that intimidation factor and just ask them yeah you really just need to ask Even if they seem grumpy, even if they seem like they don't want to help, just ask. And if that doesn't work and they really, like, keep blowing you off, because I know there are some teachers that, I don't know, they don't put as much time in, go to another teacher in that same subject area. Like, I've known students who really struggle with one teacher. Maybe their personalities don't click. Maybe... Their teaching style doesn't make sense to the student. And so they've gone to another teacher and asked for help after school. Yeah, that's actually really good advice. Students may or may not know that, but teachers actually collaborate with people in their department often, or at least usually they do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's a really good thing to remember. And another thing I would say is if you go before after school or or um, after school when a teacher is wanting to get things done or wanting to leave and they're alone or there's not as many kids in their class, they may be more apt to help you because they want to get on to other things that they need to do. But if you need help, you, you will have their undivided attention because you're an obstacle. I don't want that to sound bad, but like you are, you're an obstacle to um, overcome before they can do the other things that they want to do or need to do or whatever. Um, and something else I would also add is one of my favorite things about teaching is seeing the light come on when kids don't understand something and then I teach them and then they understand. And I think most teachers feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. After school, you'll have more of their attention or just asking them, Hey, I really need help. When is a good time for me to come get help? Or put it on their time frame. Yeah. But when you yeah, ask, that's true. like, I don't know how this is working, but when you ask, like, in the middle of class and they're trying to, like, do something or teach something, that's that's hard for a teacher. I've had kids that will come up and say, like, I'm going to be out of town. Can you get me all my work? And it's oh, like, yeah. uh, I'm teaching right now. So that's hard. I'll have kids that are sent in from other classes to do that. Oh, interesting. And I will turn them away. Like, I'm teaching right now. If you want me to give you these, I'm fine with that. But come after school. Yeah. But after school, I'm more than happy to help them. Or if other kids are doing silent work and they come up and ask me, I'm fine helping them then. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
Okay, um, so hopefully that helps. Um, we got one other question, and this question is actually, I think, what we're going to base our topic on for this episode, which is going to be hard. Yeah, and we wanted to do this topic, but we haven't. It's a it's a hard topic. It's a really hard topic for me. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I've, yeah, we'll get there. Um, all right, so here's a question. Why should I keep going because I don't know if anyone likes me as a person and if I should just end it? So what it sounds like is is they don't think anybody likes them. And so they're saying, why should I even keep trying? Because nobody likes me. So why shouldn't I just end it? Which I'm taking that to mean end my life, right? Or yeah, or that's what it sounds like, right? Yeah. Yep. This is this is this is hard. And these questions that we get, I would add, they're anonymous. At least this one is. So I don't have any idea who wrote this. I have no contact information for them. Um, and I would also add before we get into this topic, just remember we're teachers. We're not experts on um, mental health or psychology or anything like that. We're just trying to help where we can. So, yeah. So that's that's going to be our topic tonight is suicide. Um, and that it's a hard one. It's it's really it's hard. It's just a hard topic. Um, I teach this though. I teach twice a year about suicide, and we talk about it a few other times and. I oftentimes have students coming to tell me about their friends who are suicidal. I had a few kids this week, three actually, who are thinking about committing suicide. So I, I talk about this topic a lot, but I don't know. It doesn't get easier. It really doesn't. No, it doesn't. And, and the reality of it is the reason why it's so hard is Believe it or not, you know, we really do love our students and it really does cause us grief and pain to see kids go through grief and pain. Um, Jess and I, for personal reasons, more than some, I don't know, maybe not more than most, but more than some, um, my story, you know, is one of, I was, I was suicidal for a while when I was younger. Um, there were times where I had it in my mind that I was going to take my own life. And I remember one time in particular, like I, I was, how old was I? 24, 25, something like that. Yeah. And I was really, I had hit rock bottom. Um, I was an alcoholic, so I was drinking a lot, a lot, a lot, and didn't really feel like I had much going for me at all. Um, I was going through a divorce. Um, I had two kids who were really the center of my world. Um, but one day I had just had enough. Um, and I was driving out to my parents' house. My dad was a police officer, so I knew where he kept a, a weapon, a firearm. And I, my intent was to drive out there and and take my life and something happened in the drive out there and I realized how important my kids are and they were really the, the thought of them, the memory of them are what pulled me back from that abyss, that um, thought process. And I mean, since then, 
I've never really gone back. Like those thoughts are always there in the back of my mind, but I've never gone back. But I can tell you, if you look at everything that I would have missed since then, I've got, I've got four more kids. Um, I have my wonderful wife that I truly do adore and don't think I could ever live without. (laughs) Um, I've got a career that I love. I get the opportunity to work with kids every day. I hope that I'm making differences in people's lives. I'm sure trying, you know, but the point is, is my life's not finished yet, but it would have ended that day. It would have been finished. And everything that I've gone on to accomplish would have never happened. And the mark that I hope that I'm making would have never been realized. I, it would have been over. Jess wouldn't be married to me. Our kids wouldn't have been born. Like the whole world would be a different place, especially for this woman sitting next to me. So don't think that when you get to those moments that your life doesn't matter because it does. You're only looking at your life from a point of view of where you're at in time. And things can look pretty bleak at any given moment. Things can be downright just awful or hellish. And there's just nowhere to go beyond that. But you can't see what's coming. You can't see what's going to happen. And what happens after, if you just wait things out, life can be so beautiful. It can be so breathtaking and so amazing. And you will miss those things if you jump to conclusions too early or think for a second that you don't matter because you do. You genuinely do. I don't know who the person is that wrote this question, and I would do absolutely everything I can to help you in any way that I possibly could. I would give everything to make sure that I tried to help if I were given the opportunity. But you do matter. Yeah, there's a quote that says, um, suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Because everything we go through in life is temporary. You know, being, I mean, oh, I would never go back to middle school <laughs> I, or junior high. I really... And yet you go back every day. I know, I know. <laughs> but I really, I struggled in junior high. I remember thinking how hard life was and and it was. It really was. I was going through hard things and... There were times that it just, why, why was I doing, like, continuing on with life? But it was temporary. Those people that were mean to me in high school, uh, they don't matter anymore. You know, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And like Nate said, life really does get better. And there's so much you would miss out on. I'm assuming this person is a teenager. But there's so much. There's so much to look forward to in the rest of your life. And those problems are hard. They are for sure. But you can get over them, I think. Or maybe not get over them, but learn how to cope with them better. I think that's a better way to say that. I I think that's a great way to put it. I know of a couple stories, but since you're talking about coping skills, I mean, I've I've talked about Corey, right? I've talked about my dad, my stepdad, my dad, um, and how he was killed. He was a police officer and he was killed. And I've 
you know, brought it up a little bit, but coping, okay? If you look at the timeline of that event in 2014, the moment he died, you know, the moment things happen, it's it's like it's like when you if you put duct tape on a leg and rip it off, you feel it immediately, and then it slowly starts to die. That event hurt. It hurt badly. I remember for days and days after that, I would just go to bed and cry and cry and cry, and Jess would just hold me. It was horrible. Um, and the next day was just a new day, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day. The further away from the event we got, the it's not that it still didn't hurt. It didn't hurt because it still did, but you just learn to deal with it. You just learn to live with it. Um, I mean, still today, um, we're, what we're closing in on, what is this going to be? Eight years. Eight years? Really? Mm-hmm. Eight years? Holy cow. It yeah, still hurts. Yeah, but you learning to deal with it wasn't something you did on your own. Oh, no. It took my whole family. It took my wife. It took counselors. a lot of counselors. It took Friends. religion in my life. It took yeah. a lot of things. It wasn't just, oh, I'm good, and it passed. But that's the thing is it took a lot of trial and error and trial and error. But then I've been able to take that event and spin it and use it to help me be a stronger person, to help me be more compassionate person and to use it to help other people. So that's the other thing is, is whoever this person is that asked this question, whatever you're going through, once you get through this, you can use this to help other people. And I don't care who you are or where you live. If you render service to someone it feels good it makes you happy mm-hmm. even if for a small moment and if you can use this for something going forward to help someone with you're going to have a continued source of joy because people need help they want help and they look for help yeah and using the things you go through to make you a stronger better person reminded me of a story that i heard about how um, they planted trees in a biome. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they planted these trees so in they, a biome. they created a biome in Arizona. I, I, didn't, I was kind of listening. Anyway, so I don't remember all the details. So they planted these trees, and by the time they reached, like, full maturity, they would well, just fall over Well, but first off, they die. grew twice as fast in the oh, biome. Oh, yeah, they grew Because the biome was specially set up um for these trees yeah like good humidity all the things but there was no wind in a biome so a biome is kind of like a giant greenhouse Mm -hmm. so they once they reach their like full maturity they just fall over and they weren't as strong because they didn't have the wind and it just made me think of like when we have because we get some pretty good wind storms here nothing like other places other states Aren't there other states that get like tornadoes and stuff? But well, but we get strong wind because we live right out of the mouth of a canyon, yeah. so we get we get winds every morning and, I and every night. And see our trees, often. and I'm like, oh, I wish that weren't happening to them. I actually think that often because I really care about my fruit trees. <laughs> They're just little babies, but I care about them so much. And I'll see that, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I wish I could. It wouldn't be windy all the time. And then hearing that story and how trees need the wind they need that to become stronger it created like some sort of fiber in them inside of the tree itself that caused them to be able to stand tall and strong 
And that just reminds me of like our lives and how if we didn't go through hard things, if I hadn't gone through some of the things I've gone through, I don't know if I could help other people the way I do. I don't know if I would be as strong of a person as I am now. I don't I don't think I would. You wouldn't be. I don't yeah. think cuz I know I'm not trying to compare myself to other people either, but I know I've been through a lot. Um I think one thing that I have that's different from a lot of people is people don't feel comfortable sharing their past. They try to put it behind them. They try to forget about it. I don't do that. Um, you know, day one in my classroom, those of you that have been students of mine know, um, I tell you the nitty gritty. I tell you the details. I tell you everything. And I do that because I want you to know that I understand that chances are pretty much every kid in that class will be able to understand that I relate to them in one small way. And then I use those experiences to help me to be more compassionate and more loving because I remember what it was like to be really, really sad about, uh, you know, my parents getting divorced or about being abused or about alcohol abuse or whatever. Um, but you can come back from it. Um, it. It's made me into who I am unequivocally, 100%. I am stronger because of the adversity that I've faced. I am stronger because of what I experienced, 100%. And Jess is the same way. She's modest, but she says her and I are, I feel so lucky to have her. But her and I, I it's just, I feel like the whole universe conspired to put us together because we really do compliment, compliment each other very well. And we have both been through a lot of similar experiences and we both have very similar teaching styles. Um, and I think that's really helped us to be able to reach kids. And I'm going to be honest I mean, like my whole goal for life, you know, if, if, if this is all I ever accomplish, I just want to help people. And I know my past helps me to do that. And Jess's past helps her do that too. Yeah. So let's talk about, uh, more like coping methods and what someone can do if they're feeling this way. What's like the best, what's the best thing to do if you're feeling hopeless and you feel like you don't want to go on or no one cares about you? What do you think the best thing is? I think it depends on your individual circumstance. When I was really, really sad, um, I needed somebody to talk to. Um, I had to have somebody to talk to. And I had people during that time who were with me who I was able to talk to. Um, but then ultimately what happened for me during that time is I knew I wasn't happy. Um, and so that's actually where I found religion for myself. And it doesn't matter per se if you're necessarily religious or not. But finding something to believe in, finding something that gives you hope, finding something that gives you a focal point that takes you beyond today is actually really, really good. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's you want to be a doctor and 
you know, specifically like a heart surgeon. And if you're a heart surgeon, you can save people's lives. And if that's your focal point and you say, I'm going to do that one day and that becomes your focus, um, you know, it's going to be really hard to get caught up in the hopelessness and everything if you haven't reached that yet. Yeah, I mean, I still think you can definitely feel hopeless, but... Oh, for sure. I've felt it's hopeless probably not going to be. Yeah, it's probably not just going to be as bad. And if you're thinking, I don't have anyone to talk to. I don't know who I could talk to. If you know Nate or I, come talk to us. We will talk to you. Talk to a counselor. Talk to a parent. A school counselor, a parent, a, a friend's parent, a friend. A friend's parent, an aunt, an uncle, a sibling... And if you have none of those, write in a journal. Hey, you know, write down your feelings. You can also send us emails, yeah. and we will talk to you via email. Like, mm-hmm. we're there. We're still there. I, 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 we still answer emails often. We weren't used to it because we do it as teachers. Yeah, you have to have a way to get your emotions out. You can't bottle them all up inside because... One day, one day they're going to have to come out. It's like I would bottle anger up inside and I wouldn't want to get angry over certain things. And I became an adult and I would have like super angry dreams towards certain people, like really angry where I was saying words that were not very appropriate. <laughs> and I would be so mad at my dreams and I'd wake up frustrated like why do I keep having these dreams why like what is it and I read a book about how we hold on to things and I was able to like get through those and those dreams more or less have gone away they're still occasionally I will get them but not as often and having ways to like work through your feelings and your emotions it's really beneficial it really is so so helpful. There's um, the Safe Utah app. There is like hotlines that you can call people and just talk to someone. Yeah, what's the suicide prevention hotline number? You know, they made like a whole thing about that. Didn't like a singer have a whole mm-hmm. I don't tour wanna... about it? From that song, I Don't Want to Die. Yeah. 1-800-273- Eight two five five, and then what's the Safe Utah stuff? There's a is there a number for that? Or is it just an, I think is it's it just, an, just app? an app, Safe UT. I don't think you'd have to be in the state of Utah to be able to use that app, but Safe UT. Like my daughter did that one time. Um, she was talking to them about a friend, and so I was right there with her, and there was somebody there talking to them, talking to her, answering her questions just via the app. Um, really, I think the issue is, is when we feel alone, when we feel hopeless, um, if we don't feel like we can reach out to somebody that compounds the helplessness, that compounds the hopelessness, that compounds the feeling of aloneness. And I'm telling you, there are people. And if anything, you know, you can email us or, or reach out to any of those local resources or, um, the national uh, suicide hotline. But if if you don't want to do that, like I said, email us. Like we will talk to you. We will answer. And sometimes you may feel like my parents don't care about me. They probably do. Being a parent's hard, especially to teenagers that have 
big emotions. And <laughs> my son asked me recently, I had made a comment about how like teenagers have big emotions and it's good that they're trying to figure out like who they are and stuff. And he said, then why like aren't parents more understanding? And I thought, that's a good question, but sometimes we just forget. We forget what it's like to be a teenager. We forget what it's well, like, the the pain and yeah. the things we went through as teenagers. Well, but also, though, typically it's really hard to see beyond your own suffering. If you are suffering in something, it's really hard to see somebody else is suffering, too. Kind of like if you imagine... If you were in a swimming pool with five other people or whatever and you're all drowning, it's going to be pretty hard to notice that somebody else is drowning because you're drowning. So you're going to notice what you're doing. Yeah. And in a lot of cases, parents are struggling too. Not like teenagers, but they're still struggling. Um, I mean, I'm going to be totally honest. Like I've been a teen, or a father to teenagers now for quite a while. What, we have a 19-year-old, a 17-year-old, a 13-year-old? Um, and 16. I'm, he's, he's not 17 yet. He, he will be in a month. <laughs> um, anyway, and then I teach teenagers, but I will tell you what, I still get frustrated as heck at my eighth grader just because he's such a good kid, but he also just, I don't know, just gets under my skin sometimes. And it's not possible to be perfect as far as a perfect parent is concerned. I don't know what a perfect parent is. Um, I think that every parent is designed for what we need, in my opinion. I'm not going to get into all of that, but I'm trying my best is all I'm saying. Um, and you guys are sitting here listening to me talk to you about how to help teens, and I'm telling you, I still get frustrated. Yeah. So just cut your parents some slack um, in regard of really, that. They probably really do care about you. It's just really hard. Again, if you're drowning and they're drowning – they're not worried about you and you're not worried about them in that moment. In reality, if I were drowning, I'd save my children. But or I'd try to, right? Yeah. But but, but that was metaphorical. <laughs> but maybe, you know, just ask like, "Hey, do you want to go get ice cream sometime or Oh yeah. I really just want to spend more time with you." You know, and then you can start seeing that get away from the world, get away from the stress one-on-one time sometimes it takes that to see how much your parents really care about you all right so another way like you find someone to talk to someone to talk about your emotions to but what other coping skills are there you need to find something that makes you happy something that you can do something that you enjoy and these need to be things that are safe um, that are, you know, wholesome, but that do, they, they, they bring you some kind of happiness and joy so that you can take your mind off of the things that mm -hmm. are going on. Like you need a mental break mm -hmm. from what's going on. And social media is probably not that break. Oh, social media definitely isn't that break. No. Um, no, I mean, for real music may not be that break, e that break either, just because mm. some, not all of it, yeah. some of it is not great um if you're feeling super stressed lay on your bed turn off the lights put some airpods in and listen to calming music 
and just breathe. Feel yourself breathe. Um, I tell students of mine, like I've dealt with lots of students who have anxiety issues, and one thing that I will tell them is I'll, I'll take them out to the hallway and I'll go through breathing treatments with them. Not, again, not that I'm a counselor or anything, but I know that it helps. Um, you know, I tell them to breathe in for eight seconds and out for eight seconds, and in for six seconds and out for six seconds, and in for four seconds and out for four seconds, and in for two and out for two. And usually by the time they get to that point, they've forgotten about what they were frustrated about in the first place. And if they haven't, then you repeat it. And if you're still frustrated, repeat it and repeat it and repeat it until you actually start to calm down. It won't take very long, but breathing can actually slow down your heart rate and cause you to calm down. Yeah. And sometimes that may not be for you. And maybe you need to put, we say no music, but headphones in and go on a run. Yeah. Maybe exercise maybe is issue. Exercise a is a bag. wonderful thing. You know, sometimes I just want to get my anger out by running or exercising. You know, that that's a good way. Find something that helps you disconnect. Disconnect and just relieve your negative emotions or your maybe hopelessness or whatever. Painting, maybe that's reading, you know? And you just have to be aware like I had a low time in my life where reading was my way to like escape it. And that's fine. I think reading's a good stress reliever, but that's all I was doing. I would come home from work, I would read. I didn't necessarily want to eat. I didn't want to spend time with anyone. I just wanted to read. And at that point, that's not beneficial or helpful. And if you're at a point that you feel so low that you can't even fathom exercising, you can't even fathom doing the things you typically like to do or hanging out with the people you like to hang out with, it could be time to see a doctor. Yeah. If, if basic things aren't really helping you disconnect, you need to see a medical doctor. They can prescribe things. They can help you get into counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, like there are just some forms of um, mental stressors that you just can't cope with on your own. And yeah. that's not something to be ashamed of. Some people just have those, but you need to get help with it because sometimes that's just necessary. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I had to talk to a counselor after my dad died. Um, and it helped. It helped me to have coping skills. And, you know, it's it, it's been a good thing. Yeah. So. Some of the things he told you, like set a goal, set small. Attainable goals. Attainable goals. And you know what? If that is that you get ready three times <laughs> a week, awesome. Sometimes you know? that's all, all you can exactly. do. Exactly. Sometimes so. that's all you can do. You know, set small goals so you have little accomplishments. Um, writing like gratitude journals is super helpful. Just writing three good things that, or three things you're thankful for and one positive experience in the last 24 hours. And they can't be the same thing. So you've got to try to list three new things every day. And then the 24 hour thing has to be from the last 24 hours specifically. Yeah. And that, I don't know, I think that helps me. I've started doing that again recently. And that helps me as I'm going throughout my day thinking, okay, what am I going to write about tonight? What am I? Because I write it at nighttime. I write mine in the morning. I do it too, though. I just want the whole entire day to kind of think about, oh, I could write about this. Oh, I could write about this. And that helps change my mindset. And it helps me be more positive. 
Um, eating healthy and exercising actually makes us happier people. Your mental health goes right along with your physical health. So if you're not taking care of your body and you're not getting exercise and you're not eating healthy, you're probably not feeling great mentally and getting enough sleep. Getting enough sleep is super, super important. Well, let's see what other coping things. I was thinking of one, but I just forgot it. I just had a thought, but this might be taking a step back. If you really are to a point where you're worried about self-harm, um, try to eliminate being alone. Yeah. Um, try to make sure that you're around, a peop- around people. And they may not know what's going on, so if they don't, and you just don't feel comfortable talking to them, then at least make sure that you're just not alone. But find somebody that you can talk to right away. Like, for real. You know, like, we... Jess, I don't know if she wants to mention this on here, but I think it needs to be noted. Jess's family has had a history of dealing with suicide, and Jess has had to deal with it. And it's been really, really difficult. Um, You want to tell them about your experiences with that? I think it could help. Sure. Um, So my cousin, she, I don't even know how old she was. She was like 26 or 27 or 28, somewhere in there. Yeah, she's fairly young. She um, had been married, had two kids with her husband, then got divorced and got married again. And she was so happy at her wedding. She did the coolest wedding. It was like a carnival theme. And they had like hot dogs and cotton candy and popcorn and really cool um she was married one month and we got a call saying that she had passed away and that she had had a brain aneurysm and i was really sad because i had been closer to her before when she was single she lived with my dad for a while and at the funeral there's the last little bit where the family like gets to say the last goodbyes when they close the casket and her husband told us that she actually had killed herself. And I remember the, and Nate wasn't able to be there with me. And the amount of pain I felt, it was really, it was really, really hard to hear that. And then um, six years ago, seven? He was 15. Huh? He was 15, 2015, so seven years ago this year. Oh, I thought you were saying 15 years old. I'm no, like, no, no. What are you talking about? It happened in, It happened February 15th, yeah. 2015. That's what I thought, a year after Corey. Yep. So it'll be seven years in February. Um, I got a call, and Nate answered the phone. It was my dad. And he handed me the phone. He's like, I don't even know what he's saying. I couldn't even understand him. And And then that moment, then I realized what he said. And then I got the phone and he told me that uh, my uncle Matt had killed himself. And my uncle Matt was like the happiest person. He was like the guy that at parties you wanted to be around and you wanted to hear his stories. And I remember my knees just like buckling Nate like was just holding me and I've never felt like emotional pain like I did that day and the day after and the day after and the day after I 
would stay up to like 2 a.m. watching Netflix because I couldn't stand the idea of going to sleep and crying myself to sleep again. And all the emotions I felt, I don't know, I felt so many different emotions towards it. That was probably the hardest thing. And looking at it now, we're, we're really close to his kids still. One of his kids is like the same age as our kid. And, um, and well, a couple of them. Yeah. And looking at it, he, I mean, he was 40 something years old. So he had lived quite a long life. He had seven kids. He had his own business and he had just gone through a divorce. But I think about it and I think he missed his first grandbaby being born. He, he missed so much. Missed his girls graduating high school and I don't know it's so hard to think about that and I just wish he would have reached out more I wish he would have gotten the help he needed because we really miss him we he was the kind of guy that you looked up to and, and wanted to emulate and wanted to be like um and that you know, spurns a thought if you're listening to this and you have friends that you might be worried about, there are signs. Yeah. There are things that people do or say. Um, I remember New Year's that year. Um, he was with us. We were helping Jess's brother move some stuff. And I will always feel guilty for this. I just will. But that night he was just talking to me about um, some things, um, talking about how hard divorce was, talking about how um, he lamented, you know, losing his marriage. And then he said, you know, if I die or if I commit suicide, my wife still gets my life insurance. Which, now that I look back on it, it's like, well, clearly then he was thinking about it then. And I just, I didn't see it. Like, I just thought it was a comment off of the cuff. Like, it's just, he was the last person that you would ever expect it from. So that's another thing. He was the last person that I would have ever expected it from at all. So when you hear people talking about their death, just even just off the cuff, which means just like, just kind of throwing it out there real quick. That means they're thinking about it. Um, and in reality, it's, it's, you know, it's all sorts of people you want to worry about. But if you've got people that are really going through a lot and they're quiet and you don't see them a lot and they have a lot of free time, like those are the type of people you want to reach out to, you want to talk to, you want to make them feel like that they belong. Um, but like, there there are a lot of things that you can look for. But them talking about it is one of them. What? Yeah, and you can ask them just straight up. Ask them. Be straight up and ask them. Are you thinking about killing yourself? You know, you and that might be a hard thing to say, but I don't know. And if you know your friend is or they considered that, report it because having an angry friend at you is better than having a dead friend. Yeah, seriously, really... tell their parents, tell counselors at school. That's a really good way to do or it. Or teachers. Tell another teacher, just so you're aware. Teachers are required by law to report when any student talks about it because um, obviously we don't want that happening. So there's a whole process that we have to go through, but it has to be reported. Mm -hmm. And like Jess said, mad is better than dead. Um, and 
you really want to carry that around with you if you were worried about it and you thought anything about it and then didn't do anything. Because I'm telling yeah, you, it's a sucky thing to carry. Also, you can't blame yourself. No, you can't. You can't blame yourself, but human nature, it makes yeah. it hard. So don't blame yourself, but at the same time, I'm just saying it's a hard thing for me to carry. Yeah. Um, Other signs are like giving stuff away or making comments like people would be happier without me or I've got nothing to live for or I just wish this would end. Things like that are other signs with it. Yeah, so listen for it. Look for the signs. Chances are you've probably already seen them. Um, if they make comments that are just weird and not like them, that's another possible sign. Um, or if they just, their emotions change. Yeah, so um, one thing that can happen is if you're struggling and you're really sad or, or your friend's really sad and then all of a sudden their emotion changes and they get really, really happy. Um, that can happen actually when people decide that they're going to end it and they pick a date and they've decided and that means that they can see an end to their suffering. Mm-hmm. So just just keep your eyes out and help each other. Um, in reality, we're all on this planet together. We have connections with people for a reason and you can really do a lot of good if you want to. You can really make a big change in people's lives if you look for it. It doesn't just end when you go home at night and you see him the next day. Like, think about things. But we have relationships for a reason. Yeah. So. Yeah, I hope whoever wrote the, the question that you really will look to someone to talk to. And if you can't find them, talk to us. And you understand that people really do care about you. They really, really do. And they love you. And you may not see it, but they really do in your life. You have so much to look forward to. Life gets better. I promise it does. It really does. Life is an amazing, amazing experience. Hard. Very hard. I mean, I'm only, I'm going to be 39 this year. So I, I consider myself still relatively young, but. You're almost over the hill. Oh, well, I think over the hill is 50. I don't know. I don't know, but. I was sitting in bed with my kids the other night, each one of them, and I just held them. And I realized I can never get it back. I can never get their their young years back. But I'm so grateful that I got to experience them. I love my kids so much. They have brought endless, endless joy to my life. I hope that you will listen to that. Life really does get better, but it does have up and downs. It does have ups and downs for sure. Yep. All right. Well, sorry this topic is more a sad one, but I think it's super important. It's so, so important, especially with the suicide rates that we have right now. Especially with how hard things are right now. Yeah. You guys really do matter, each one of you. You really are loved by someone, if not a voice on the other end of a podcast. Yeah. You are loved, and somebody out there does care about you. So don't ever think that your worth is not measured somewhere, because it is. We hope you guys have a good week, and send us questions if you want us to answer them. Hey, remember, the email is, what is it? Realadvice14s at gmail.com. The number four. The number four. And you still have them on Instagram? 
I do, but I never post on there. She's been I bad. Really, I've been real bad. If only. Yeah. <laughs> All, right, All right, guys. guys. Have a good week. See you later. <laughs> or talk to you later. Hopefully talk at you later, but maybe one day talk to you later. Yeah.